Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Thank you very much for having a listen to episode 10. We made it to double figures at the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, I'm Tim and the usual crew are here. JB. Hi, Tim. Hello, I'm Phil. Hi, Tim. Right then, I I want us to kick off uh, by spending all the time that we feel is necessary to round up all the important action and all the interesting aspects from the LV Cup. Okay, I'm glad that's got. Uh, we've dealt with that one. Then uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's start with the big match this weekend: Japan Russia. <laughs> biggest, b- biggest match of the weekend. Yep, because we were there. Egg, Indeed, egg, we were. Yeah, egg chasers were on tour, so uh, I-, I wasn't there. Well, it was, our, it was our first official egg chasers match, live match viewing, maybe. Quite disappointed. I missed it to be honest. But yeah, um, we yeah. had our little like media tops on, and yeah, yeah, it's quite cool actually. Uh, uh, still, still pretty nervous to walk into the media bit in case uh, we were uh, exposed as frauds and immediately kicked out. But <laughs> no, it, it went okay. Um, the the Welsh legend Rupert Moon was there. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know, um, uh, Japan played Russia at the, our Arius Park, which is home of RGC. Before you carry on, can I just reassure people we are going to get into the proper matches? Yeah. It's just that these. It's just that these two. It's just that these two were over watching that. So how was it anyway? How was the game? I don't. I don't even know what the result was. Japan won 40 points to 13. Okay. Um, both teams were kind of quite stereotypical, as you'd expect. Um, the Russian team were bigger. Arrived in tanks. Um, the Jap- <laughs> Japanese team were smaller on, a- on average, but much better drilled. Arrived and- in fighter planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so the Russians' biggest, bigger pack allowed them to kind of hold their own in the first half. And I think it was 13 all at half time. But then 
the fitness and the the better drilling of Japan. I thought, yeah, Japan's set piece looked ace. The lineup was superb, wasn't it? And, and the ball handling through the three quarters as well, very, very impressive. Very, Look um, at us being all grassroots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hear me now. Believe me later. Jap- the Japanese fifteen is going places, and the Japanese thirteen. Both, both were good. What um, about the what about the stash? You got to see it up close. Oh, oh two lovely kits. Wow. Russia. The Russian kit is. It's got a kind of. This air of imperial greatness. It's got like the golden <laughs> eagle right in the middle. Oh, nice! Um, it, it looks Can- Stalin-esque, actually. Canterbury as well. Both kits were Canterbury. Is it Canterbury? Yeah. Historically, I've never been a fan of Canterbury, but the more I see their newer stuff, the more I like it. England's yeah. kit, I really like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Canterbury's biggest biggest South mistake Africa. or biggest faux pas was when they made Portsmouth Football Club shirts horrendous, and they basically dressed yeah. dressed David James in like what looked like a island kit, but with the Portsmouth badge. The, the kits are really good, like the Churning South African kit. Good stuff. Yeah, before we leave Japan, Russia. Yeah. Um, the Welsh uh, tannoy operator was struggling. <laughs> Jay, yeah. stop clicking your pen. Sorry. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, Phil, carry on. The Welsh uh, tannoy operator was struggling to pronounce some names from both teams. Uh, and just into the second half, when Japan had scored their second try, I think it was, he said, um, one of the Japanese fellows has scored. Let me have a look at this. It's... Uh, my Michael Broadhurst, <laughs> and, uh, New, New Zealander convert to to Japan oh, yeah. had scored, and and at one point the commentator came out with the Russian fella has just been replaced by another Russian fella, and the Japanese fella has just been replaced by another Japanese fella. <laughs> <laughs> really making them feel welcome there. Yeah, love it, love it. Oh, right. hold on, one last thing. Yeah. Um, the food, the the concession stand. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um, what looked like a you know a nice locally owned concessions van called uh, like you know, Welsh Roast Lamb Company, and I went up there and it had all these things which I wanted. So like um, roast lamb and leeks, um, uh, roast lamb something something, which had all been crossed out and replaced by. Burger and chips. Oh no! <laughs> pie and chips. <laughs> yeah, pie and chips. Oh, battered God. sausage and chips. Where, where's the lamb? But a good road trip for egg chasers then. Yes. Very good first out. Made a few more. Yeah. Uh, uh, we... And it was my first international match. Oh, yeah, amazingly. Ever. First, first rugby union. Inter- I've been to a few rugby league, but never the rugby union one before. Wow. Hmm. Uh, well, well, let's look at the rest of the internationals because there was some huge uh, stories both on and off the field. I'll tell you what would be easier is if we just quickly skirted and touched upon some of the ones that maybe don't have as much juicy stories to go with like Scotland getting pumped by South Africa Scotland, I think we all right. saw that coming Scotland were wearing a kit which if I saw for sale in a market stall I would think was was a fake <laughs> or, uh, this is that bad I, I would think it's like 30 years old it looks it is just horrendous dreadful it's it is, awful isn't it? it it's ruined single-handedly ruined the golden age of kits <laughs> well, well, well no well, even that can't ruin the golden age of kits. No, we are we are living in the golden age of kits, and even Scotland's be best efforts to uh, <laughs> to bring that down can't can't do that because they had a great South Africa kit against them and, and a yeah. good South Africa. It looks pa- like powerful South Africa. It looks team. like the kit you used to get on like you know Pro Evolution Soccer when they didn't have the rights to certain teams. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> Horrendous. Uh, Wales hammered. Well, I mean, I don't know. You've got a different opinion on this, Jay. I I, I would have described it as Wales put to the sword and hammered a sorry-looking Argentina. Yeah, uh, Wales ran out comfortable victors in the end. However, I would say first half, 
Argentina looked like the better team. Certainly going forward, they were a lot more fluid, a lot more diversity in their attack. They had a new young winger who nearly scored a wonder try. Yeah. It was quite fantastic. Santiago Cordero. Yeah. He looked, looked super, really fast feet. Stepped half the Wales team at one point. Yeah. And yeah. of course, the commentators came up with the old, um, good old cliche, oh, sevens player. There's his sevens experience. Yeah. Just because he's a fast winger. I think they just just kind of fold, just kind of folded. And yeah, they're tiring up. Or you could see they were, they were tiring. But games are played over eighty minutes, and the same thing with with England. You know, England had a, a really strong sixty minutes, and then were undone by <sighs> England. twenty well, minutes of New Zealand just turning the screw. An underperforming New Zealand team still won. England uh, did exactly as I predicted, which is they're going to be boring, and they're going to give you a solid seven, a seven out of ten. But you're, say, you're saying that with a sort of disdain in your voice. Where seven I, out of ten. That's what, I, I what say, what like, look at look at the players that are available. Do England have the players to no. do anything different? No, I, I, I thought England was up front, promising in the backs, disappointing. Mm. But even so, it was still only three moments of magic that won it for New Zealand, yep. and had one of those balls not gone to hand. Um, the Kieran Reid offload the Israel oh. Dag step and go yeah. and pass to Kieran Reid, well, and then the and you non-o- said you said I think I might have some money on Kieran Reid to score another try. Did you? Yes, um, I, I said it in the thank Rookets Friday. Someone, Stupidly, I didn't actually put any money on it. Can someone tell me what the secret is to Kieran Reid? He looks like just a normal bloke. We were saying this on Saturday, weren't we? What is the deal? He is just a normal guy who wears an all black kit and scores He's, tries left, right, and centre. Probably best number eight in the world at the moment. He's definitely the best definitely number the best. in the world. He's the best player One in the world. One of the best players. I'd yeah, say he's just, yeah. there's just no, he he's just looks ab- like a guy. He's an absolute shoe in for the IRB I mean, player of the year. If he was in if he worked in my office, he'd look like maybe the biggest guy in the office, but not like <laughs> even, with you, even with you in there, Jake. Not an international rug, rugby union player. This is what I do like sometimes is the speed of thought and the and the natural skill with the hands, like again, you could be as big as you want. You could be you could be James Haskell and lift however many kilos in the gym. But James Haskell would not have done that inside flick to um, surveyor. To surveyor, yeah, he would not. He just wouldn't have done. He couldn't no. have done. And that's that's skills and that's timing. And he just always seems to arrive at the right place in the right time and make the it's right quite, decision. He's quite incredible. Yeah, yeah, he was superb. There was also in the match, uh, Carter's. 100th cap. Mm. Mm. Question. Three other players also recorded their 100th cap at the weekend. Can you name them? Uh, what? Three other players recorded their 100th cap? This weekend. Just gone. Oh, right. Oh, I, I would have oh, probably guessed an Argentinian prop, maybe. Nope. Uh, Bod? Nope. He's on about 180. There aren't many Aussies that have been around that long, are there? No. Um, mm. Wales? Have Wales got anyone? There is one from Wales. Is there? Yes. Mm. It's quite astonishing that he's oh, managed... Gethin Jenkins. Gethin Jenkins. No, wow. Yeah. I thought Gethin Jenkins was on his 99th he, on the weekend. He no, only, that was his 100th. He only plays international rugby. That's that how he's managed true. to, uh, to uh, get So that. he's on his 100th test match, but 110th game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good for The other two were both in the... Habana? Italy-Fiji match. Oh, OK. No, who, who knows? Um... They're, oh, they're Bergamasco. I, do you know no, what? not Bergamasco. They're, they're the two biggest names. I, I know we're oh, not... Oh, Parise. I know we're not yeah. on... Parise, the... Parise, and Castro-Giovanni. Yes. Yeah. castro got 100 it. cups. Yeah. Sorry, I, I know we're not on this yet. Well but done. Just the sheer mention of uh, 
Italy Fiji is, yeah. is making my uh, my blood boil a little we'll bit. Get to, so we'll, 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 we'll get yet. to that. But I, uh, did you see what Clive Woodward has been come out and said again? Uh, what's Clive oh, really? said? He's been at it again. This is uh, this is since the game at the weekend. This is writing in the paper today in his column in the Daily Mail. Don't really want to mention that. Immigrants right. out. Yeah. That's what he's saying. No. <laughs> Funnily enough, he took a break from the normal diatribe in the Daily Mail and didn't say immigrants How out. How dare you, Tim? How dare you? He said um, that he's criticised. Stuart Lancaster for being caught up in corporate jargon. He's hit out at corporate Lancaster, basically saying, I'm going to paraphrase here, what are you doing going on about talking about England playing for pride and bulldog spirit and stuff? And Clive Woodward's basically saying that is the bare minimum. And he's basically said, you're being too safe and you're not taking enough risks. Right, hang on, a couple of things here. First of all, uh, Clive Woodward's criticised him for using too much corporate speak. Well, Clive Woodward was one of the most corporate coaches of all time, I'd have thought. I'd say corporate. He's very, he was extremely professional. I think he was regarded, particularly at the time, it's, it's easy to look back and sort of judge it as it is now, but at the time he was a bit of maverick in his oh, coaching methods. I, I thought he was just bringing like, professionalism into the England Well, that was maverick at the time. That was completely new. But it's still professional. I, mean, I, mean, I think basically what he's okay. saying is, what he's saying is, stop talking about all these cliches. Bulldog spirit and cliches pride in the fine, shirt. It's not about bulldog spirit and pride in the shirt. It's about um, taking risks, about tactics yeah. and about... Um, cliches is fine. And if he said that, I would agree with him 100%. He's what... that corporate on the Lions tour. He took Alistair Campbell to be a press, press secretary. <laughs> Here's one quote Clive Woodward said. He'd taken a bit of a swipe at the selection. He said, almost every player is playing for a top team. Would Joel Tompkins have been picked for England if he was playing for Sale or Newcastle? Absolutely not. That's actually a good point because Lancaster got interviewed um, about the tour to New Zealand next year when the first match on tour is only seven days after the Premiership final. Yeah. And Lancaster jokingly said that he hopes that the Premiership final is between Sale and Newcastle, because it, <laughs> because potentially if it, if it was Saracens Leicester or Northampton Leicester or yeah. Northampton Saracens, he'd be losing like a third of his squad. I actually think that this that um, Tompkins shouldn't have been picked. I, it's easy to say this with hindsight, but I think they should have gone for Trinder probably, even though he's not been playing. A, as well in a probably slightly underperforming Gloucester team. I'd like to see uh, Burrell have a run. I'm not sure we're going to see uh, Eastman running for two anyone. In, two in the same mould with Burrell and Tuolangi? Tu- yeah, maybe, but you know, one of them, you know, would you want two Tuolangis? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you had another Manu Tuolangi, I'd, I'd <laughs> yeah. take that. New Zealand's win, though, means that they reclaim the Hillary Shield. Thank God. And I was trying to work it out today. I think they currently hold every single rugby trophy that they can do. They've got the World Cup, the Rugby Championship, the Bledisloe Cup, the Freedom Cup, the Dave Gallagher Trophy, the Hillary Shield, the IRB Sevens World Series, which they're champions wow. of. <laughs> what about the Sevens World Cup? I'm not Gold sure. medal. As, oh, no, who was last gold medalist in the... Commonwealth, Commonwealth Games. Games. Must be them. Probably New Zealand. Yeah, just, just give it to them. Yeah. It won't be long till they win the Six Nations. Well, there we go. That, well, that's England-New Zealand put to bed. Basically, I thought New Zealand underperformed and still one sign of a good team. England actually had a lot of positives. Particularly in the pack. Yeah, particularly in the pack. A bit, it, the backs are a bit concerning. I do think all of the changes had a real negative influence on the team. I don't know if it was coincidental, but 
Flood replaced Farrell. Tom Young's replaced Dylan Hartley. Ben Young's replaced Lee Dixon. Yeah. The thing about Dixon, it's... though, is you wouldn't consider him as the strongest scrum half in England. Oh, yeah, he's starting, but he didn't go on the Lions tour or anything like that. So no. you thought bringing on Young's would actually be a reasonable but substitution. Young's, Young's form has really dropped compared to last year. Mm. I think that goes for both Young's. Um, yeah. Tom Young's line-out throwing, it's been pretty poor. Like Both the last two games when he's come on, We've been losing line out. I ah, just, I've just thought of a, a Saracens player that hasn't been involved, but is kind of involved in Saracens. Wigglesworth, what on earth? What on earth has happened to him? He toured for them. He toured over the summer. Yeah. Did he? Um, with yeah, England. He's, he's on the fringe. He's probably fourth, he's fifth probably, in the pecking yeah, order. He's probably in the the Saxon squad. Yeah, well. Uh, right then, so that's England, New Zealand done with. Uh, Jay is itching to talk about Fiji, Italy. A, a game, if you didn't see it, I, I can say it, it was, what was it, 37-31, and it was surely one of the worst discipline games that I, I've ever, ever watched. It was quite quite incredible. Six yellow cards, um, five of them were to Fiji, four of them were at the same time. So, so yeah, at one point Fiji had 11 players on the pitch. I, me and Phil a, watched this. A couple well, of them could have been uh, debatable. I think it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, rugby is going down this kind of uh, line now where everything is so technical and almost litigious in the language. I'm hearing phrases now. This is at my level, at low level. A referee told, told me the other day what he's looking for is compliance. What does that even mean? I mean, like, solicitors look for compliance. We're playing a game. Right, you can't, on the one hand, say it's by the letter of the law. And if anyone says it's by the letter of the law in this conversation, <laughs> it's going off. I cannot stand that phrase. You can't say, on the one hand, it's, it, it's on the letter of the law and then get upset with, with rugby players when they don't behave within the spirit of the law. The rules or the laws should be enforced within the spirit of the law, not, in, not by the letter of the law. You had that situation where the Italian player was held upside down. Yeah, Quera. And the... then put back on his feet. No harm done. No one's injured. In fact, it was one of the safest things that, that, that I'd seen all game. Yellow card. But Castro Giovanni, who went swinging for yeah. Quera, threw, he threw a couple of punches at him while he was holding the Italian nine. He, he didn't get anything I, against. They should yeah. immediately, immediately be fired and their betting accounts investigated. I just can't <laughs> believe. I mean, Castro should have gone that. The, the, the whole game made me so angry. Well, um, the Fijians only to lose by, was it seven points? Six, uh, points. six points, yeah. Six points. And they, they played some really good stuff. Well, here's a question then, related to it, because there was an Italian player who, following the game, had to have his spleen removed following, just, following an injury. I'm not even sure what that does. Blood filter. It's like a giant lymph node. Mm. But, no. um, but yeah, it's not, it's not essential. You can function without it. So whilst you've played or whilst you've been watching... What's the what's the sort of worst injury you've seen or, or oh, almost you, unusual I'll injury? I'll tell you about a, an injury I, I saw but never happened. Um, so I was I was playing in school, and um, I was what I was two years younger than than the other lads because you know when you get into like sixth form rugby and you go from fifth form to sixth form. Yeah. So I was kind of intimidated anyway, and I was running towards one of my teammates who who was making a tackle, and he made the tackle around the guy's kind of waist, and then he kind of slipped up and went over his shoulders, grabbed his head, and then pulled off his uh, scrum hat. In that split second, I thought his head had come off and I froze. <laughs> Missed the offload. I've, I've seen one. It was playing for Newbury against Reading. And I can remember the guy's name as well, Andrew Grierson, because I played county rugby with him. And uh, he was a massive, massive prop. Enormous. And one of my teammates uh, got tackled by him 
where this guy, Andrew Grierson, the prop, jumped onto his back. Oh, no. And, in, and instead of just sort of crumpling to a heap, as you would imagine, my, my teammates' oh, legs w- were such that they went into a s- total split. Oh, <laughs> he just oh. did the splits. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, was, oh. it was comical and uh, looked the, one of the most painful things ever. So he did, just, did he have to come off? Would he play on? Yeah, he had to come off. Ooh. He just had proper well, splits. So, sorry to interrupt Phil, but this, this weekend um, we had... A game, Broughton Park played Kirby Lonsdale. Uh, unfortunately, we lost. But during the game, we had a guy who got uh, who got tackled towards the, the end of the second half, went down in a heap. Now, Kirby Lonsdale seemed have got some off-duty St. John's ambulance guy running back and forth. He was obviously very, very cautious. Um, anyway, uh, our player was in such pain that the um, air ambulance came to pick him up, which doesn't sound funny on the face of it. It's funny when you realise that he got air ambulanced off with a dead leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> anyway. So he went to hospital in an air ambulance. Yeah. Um, Warren Duffy went to hospital wow. in an air ambulance with a dead leg. <laughs> That's brilliant. And before we, before before you share your story, Phil, is this an injury about you? Surely it is. Um, You've sustained most of them. Yeah, probably. I've had a few bad ones in my time. One of the worst ones, it was a, a chest injury uh, where my collarbone meets my um, sternum. And I, I didn't know, it didn't get diagnosed properly initially, and I didn't know exactly what was the problem. And uh, one of the guys I was playing with at the time, Taffer, who was a, a Tongan lad, didn't speak very good English. And uh, when I was trying to explain to him where the injury was, he said, oh, my friend, he, he died from that. And I was like, Taffer, no one's died from this. I've, I've, I've injured my collarbone. It's a bit of joint damage. And then a few weeks later when I saw a specialist... He said, yeah, it's a um, desiccated SC joint, sternoclavicular joint, and it's an anterior desiccation, which means it pops out. Now, he said it's a good job, it's not a posterior desiccation, which means it pops in. Pops in, yeah. Because what happens, there's a 95% mortality rate. Oh, my God. Because, right. because it closes around, the, all the arteries go in, leaving your heart, and this is on the left side of my oh chest. Oh, my God. And so it just it slices all your arteries, and you've got virtually no chance... And so I, I had to go and apologise to Taffer <laughs> for mocking his dead friend. I basically laughed in his face when he told me his friend had died. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, dear. Um, there, is a, there is a picture that we've retweeted uh, at Rugby Podcast there, a, a reconstruction of the air ambulance injury that JB was talking about uh, <laughs> with, 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 like, Playmobil, hey, play, Playmobil characters. Hey, yeah. Warren, get well soon, friend. <laughs> get well soon. Amazing. Right, uh, and let's, let's briefly talk about Australia-Ireland then, uh, because I, I was hopeful of a better Ireland performance following a good win against Samoa last weekend, but Australia really turned it on. And all that with the backdrop of them going out on the lash midweek. As one of my Australian friends said, imagine how well they would have played if they were sober. Oh, how long was this mid- midweek they went out? It was, yeah. mid- it was mid last week. This is a farce now. Why would they suspend them after the Ireland game? I thought this is an extremely moral stance by the Australian rugby union. Actually, it's not really that moral because they're like, oh, well, you can play this and win it and then we'll, do, and we'll deal with it afterwards. Well, yeah, they're also yeah. playing Scotland next weekend. So oh, it's, it's okay. quite convenient to, one sus- game. to suspend them for, uh, for the Scotland game. Uh, well, well done, ARU or whoever it is. But Australia looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Quaid Cooper pulling the strings. Falau lives to offload everything. Yeah, and uh, at times when he shouldn't have offloaded. Yeah, offload to um, offload any time to anyone, including no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see, there's a couple of funny things. Cummins and Hooper, mm-hmm. the lookalike 
No. Oh, they both yeah. got the long hair, but they both had like white tape with a black yeah. electrical tape over it. And you could not, because they're both running down the, the wing. They both scored a try each on the left wing in the first half. It sounds like the time when Moritz Botha and Tom Johnson both were both wore pink scrum hats and we couldn't work out why Tom yeah. Johnson was playing so well. There's been a There's few, two. yeah. <laughs> There's been a few uh, England lookalikes, actually. Ashton and Hartley, always, Ooh, I always get yeah, those confused. Yeah. And uh, Corby Sierra and Brad Barrett. Yes, and oh, I've got yeah. two, two more for you. Um, Charteris, I keep thinking, is Warburton. They what? do look similar, yeah. if, if only about a foot. In yeah, yeah, but it just get, oh, get, the, like, get the headshot. The head, yeah, and yeah. the other one is the new Welsh prop. Is it Rodri someone? Rodri, Rodri Jones? Jones? Mm, probably Dan, Jones. And Dan Lydiot. Yeah. I get like, Dan Lydiot? Lydiot? I thought he was injured. Um, the other funny thing from Ireland, Australia. Did you see their fourth try? 15-man line-out. Who was it? But New Zealand did that as well. Did you notice Look, New Zealand yes. putting in wingers and centres? Oh, yeah. It's obviously something they've sort of cultivated in the rugby it's, championship a bit. I think it's a bit of a... Um, but it's the last couple of games of the tour and they're kind of having a bit of fun. Whenever you've right. been on a tour, you've always had funny line-outs, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yes, we have. It's, it's kind of a well, bit of a tradition. Enough, I'm sure I mentioned this last week. I'm certain that Mike Phillips went up in, in line-out two weeks ago. He, he may well have done. I'm certain he did. Because the first line-out for New Zealand, two minutes into the game that they sub- subsequently scored from, yeah. Sevilla and Nonu were prepared to lift Carter. I'd love to watch <laughs> him lift Carter. Like this uh, serene, calm... Wonderful player getting lifted, get, get, getting lifted but because he's not used to it like, doing a starfish, completely <laughs> yeah. uncoordinated, knocking it down, <laughs> just palming it down. Ireland failed to recognise it, and so they still had the pretty much full back line lined up across the yeah, pitch. And Australia had a 10 man lineup. Right, it's time for some rugby okey. Uh, a musical interlude. Well, it's become a thing. We never realised it would quite spin out this far, uh, but rugby okey is a celebration of rugby players that love to sing. Mm. It was initially just a celebration of Alex Corbiziero rapping, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> We're at episode 10 today and we've had nine episodes where we've played Alex Corbiziero rapping. Good. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, Tom is right, I don't deny it. Test me, <laughs> try it, style you don't buy it. I'm going to grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up, up high. Grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London oh. Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick of talent, you can't buy this. It gets better with every listen. I went, I went for a coffee with a friend of mine the other day. And he said um, he was humming it um, on, on his way to uh, on his way to the kitchen, and then his housemate finished it off. Oh, amazing! <laughs> amazing! The beautiful rugby okey. Well, I've got we've got a couple this week that've been suggested. The first one, quite a few people picked up on this video that was released by its official rugby union TV, and there was a little clip of Joe Marler and Danny Kerr doing a, a beautiful, touching rendition of the the ballad by Adele, "Some Someone Like You." I heard that you. Settle down, let you found a girl and you're married now. Really beautiful, touching. Nice. Lovely. They seem like good lads, actually. Joe Marley seems like a right card. Yeah, I think now he's grown out with the stupid haircuts. Oh, hell, wait. <laughs> it's just grown through the top of his head, out, yeah. out, out, of his, out of his chin. Yeah, he looks good with the beard, though. Yeah. He looks like an extra from, like, Lord of the Rings or something. But you said it. he looks like Zangief. Zangief out of Street Fighter 2. Oh, the, uh, look, well done, Tim. Such a good lookalike. Yeah. That is good. Well, this one as well. I mean, this passed us by, but it's from August, and it's from the JP Morgan Sevens when that was on BT Sport when they first launched the channel. And it's uh, Tahir, and I apologise for getting your name wrong, Tahir, Tahir El Madi, who is a Leicester Tigers Academy player. 
I, I don't know how this came about, but after the JP Morgan's sevens, he sang Marvin Gaye's Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far, don't worry, baby. Well, crowd like that one. Good voice. Yeah, lovely voice. Lovely pair of pipes. What, what, other than Alex Corbiziero, have any of them taken your favourite JB or Phil? No, not even close. Sorry. Uh, I, quite like, I quite like the uh, interaction between Care and, and Marla. Yeah. The interaction um, it's quite, between quite fun. Care and Marla? No, what the... are we watching here? <laughs> I thought you made it your own. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think my second favourite is Flutie. Uh, I think the worst ones are still Elliot Daly and no, oh, yeah. the, the Burgess. Burgess. Oh Burgess. my god, horrendous. Burgess, is, uh, yeah, and, and creepy. That's, 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 the, that's the worst thing. It was creepy. It's that bad, and I'm not going to play it again right now. But I will refer you to again. episode nine if you didn't <laughs> hear that one. Uh, right, that's rugby okey Then let's move on. <laughs> Let's very briefly talk some, well, I don't know if it's law variations or technological developments or something, but there's some, there's some stuff being trialled, isn't there? In the uh, South African Varsity Cup. Mm. The what? Sounds like an even lower quality competition than the <laughs> LV Cup. But um, what are they trialling? So, two things. Uh, they're trialling grippy shirts or grippy areas of shirts for props, so you can get a better bind. Mm-hmm. And two referees in the middle. One in each half or both following the no. game? So I was discussing this with one of my housemates who plays hockey and they have two referees, but they're kind of, they divide the pitch diagonally and each referee goes in that uh, quadrant oh, right. or that, that, that section. Hmm. But this is two, they have free reign to, to go wherever they want um, <clears throat> and they're both officiating on the same thing at the same time. So for me, this is only going to cause confusion. Yeah, because interpretation is so varied. Mm. And you, you're going to get a lot of, times when there's a rook one referee's on one side the other referee's on the other side they both blow up for penalties and their arms are pointing in different directions is often where there's mm. separate infringements on either side of the rook and then, like you say the style of different referees the sort of yeah. per, the re- referee's personality well, is, is really it's different good, they're, gonna be, they're gonna be contradicting each other could understand if it was like one's really focused on the breakdown and set pieces and the other is sort of marshalling back lines and offside well, lines well, and stuff like two that. Two types of referee. A referee who is... A forwards referee a forwards and a referee. backs referee. Yeah. Right, it's time for uh, Dream 15. So every week we pick a topic and oh, wow. then select a 15, selecting a player in shirts 1 to 15 on that topic. Uh, this week's, I think, is an inspired suggestion from Phil who said yeah. we should do a food 15. I, I think this is brilliant. So we'll go one through to fifteen, and create a food fifteen. And as as ever, you can always suggest yours. We might have missed one. We there's always ones we miss or ones yeah. you disagree with. Like for example, last week on the should have got more cap, we missed Bentos, John Bentley. Oh, yeah. Won a Lions series. Yeah, someone on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Advised us of uh, our mistake. Didn't get an England cap. Incredible. I know. Amazing. So uh, there we go. We always miss some. So food fifteen. We'll start with number one then. Prop front row. Go on then. Green Roundtree. Good. Oh, yes, excellent. I missed that one. Tim? Eric Fry, Ooh. Who, who plays at London Scottish and is a USA, US Eagles international. Oh, nice. And I thought, well, you know, rugby's an expanding world game, so, you know, particularly in like China or Korea or something, Nathan Cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit tenuous. Well, um, <laughs> a well, similar, similar one to that I, is uh, Chris Horseman. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well that's in the UK nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose it well, because I, I, I felt this is a little bit easy, um, I did mine in pairs, so I went for Lawrence Evans and Jason Hobbs. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want them in. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. Ovens and Hobbs. I like that a lot. I like the, That's uh, inspired. the combination. And what about a hooker? The only, the only one I've got is Chili Boy Rallapelli. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Isaiah Mutton. Uh, Who does he play for? He played for someone in New Zealand and and, and he's now a coach. And throughout my research, I'm pretty sure this guy won't, won't be making it. How did you search for that? Because you couldn't have known him. You, did you just search the word mutton? Mutton. I'm, r- not, mutton you, r- I'm, not, I'm not giving away my trade secrets. <laughs> uh, and the other guy that I, that I found, I'm, not in, I'm sure this guy will not be making it. And I'm not even sure he, sure, sure he still plays. But a guy called Max Pepper. Although I did read his name on an under-13s match report from Barnard Castle, so whether he's still playing or not, I don't know. But Max Pepper. <laughs> Let's go with uh, Phil's hooker. Chili boy, oh, Ralapelli. Yeah, of of Chili boy, of course. Uh, South African now at Toulouse. Any locks then? A bit tenuous. Alex, yeah. Alex Codling. Codling? Codling's fine. Yeah. Codling, yeah. Yes, that's that's right. I don't really have any locks. I've got loads of back rows, no locks. I've got Mark Veal from Bristol. It's nice. Mark Veal from Bristol, otherwise known as Veely, which is a terrible <laughs> nickname. Awful. That's, the, nickname, that's, that's what Veely. footballers do to, to surnames. <laughs> Veely. Veal and Codling. Mm. Into the back row, then. Uh, I've got a condiment-based back row. I've, uh, <laughs> I've got Matt Salter. Oh, yeah. And, uh, How about for back rows, uh, you've got Ali Hogg. Yeah. Yes. Sam Warburton's yeah. if you the bread you do add that very one clearly good. very good again okay. again of course um, Schalk Burger yeah uh, obviously Jack Jack Burger, burger. burger. you could have two burgers um, Arthur Lemon does he count uh, <laughs> where, where the hell have you got these names from Jay <laughs> you can't just make up players <laughs> number 8 for Neath died 1984 the, uh, the <laughs> died 1984 yeah. wow what about uh, John Hotpot I'm Sorry? just making names up. So I'm just playing John, JB's game. It's like it's like, it's like it sh- all be certified. It's like that monkeys and typewriters thing. If you search on Google, you will find people who have yeah. names who that have once played rugby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got to find them. That's all I'm saying. Uh, back row. What about Seabass? Oh yes, Sebastian Chabal. So what what would you fancy out of those back rows then? We've got to have one of the burgers at least. We could we have, have we could have a half double, pack. We could have, burger. We could have a double burger. burger. I think we'll go double burger. Mm. Burger on each flank. Mm. Jacques and Schalk Warburton's number 8 Sam Warburton number 8 what uh, f- scrum half them again following on from the bread theme of uh, Warburton at 8 you could have um, mm. is it Darren Allinson <laughs> you could oh. have him from London Irish yeah that's alright maybe one bread brand is enough for a team it's, it's scrum off Dwayne Peel oh very oh, good oh yes let's go Dwayne Peel I have a, an, another one I think great one or is he New, New Zealand uh, Jason Spice Oh yeah, yes. good player. Yeah, good one as well. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. New Zealand have play, played in Wales. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, I think it was Newport Gwent Dragons he played for, didn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah, and he played for Bristol for a bit. Um, I like that. I think we'll go Dwayne Peel. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Fly half then. Ryan Lamb. Yeah, yeah. I think we all Obvious. knew that one was coming. The only, only um, other man I had was uh, Joanne Goosen. Mm. Nice. But yeah, Ryan Lamb, definitely. Um, and into the centres we go. I've got a pair of centres for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sean Bass, uh, centre, and currently York head coach, did play centre. Uh, <laughs> Can we have players that people know, <laughs> no, Jay? They do know, they, they do know. And um, Jamie Salmon, have you ever heard of him? Yeah, he was an old England international back and, in the day. And All Black. 
England and all yeah. that. Was he? Oh, he was, wow. he was a, I think he was a commentator for a while. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, so like seven caps for All Blacks and like 20 for England or something. I've got a suggestion for centre as well. Yeah. Tom Good. Cheeseman. Yeah. Tom Will, Cheeseman. Will Calling. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a dr- oh, yeah, drink, drink 15. Another I day. Think, I, love think that. that's, I think that's definitely one for the future. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a couple of other centres. Uh, Jeff Appleford. Oh, nice. Former England centre. And. Um, another former England centre from the seventies, David Duckham, two two yes. food types, a legend, his... one of the best wingers yeah. ever, and two food types in his last name. Oh yeah, Duckham. Duck oh, that's a that's potential a... captain, a fullback. Right, it's not a food, but it definitely could be a food. Mark Mapletoft. I could imagine that serving Mapletoft Maple... ice cream, oh, Maple, or um, yeah, you know, Mapletoft cheesecake. <laughs> it sounds like a flavour of Ben and Jerry's. Rob Cook. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, Rob Cook. Rob Cook. Um, Works well with um, Hobbs and uh, Hobbs and Evans. I had David Pears, who was nice England fullback in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Uh, Josh Bassett's Josh Bassett, Bassett. slash Bassett yeah. yeah. could have been a winger as well. We got so what did we go for for centres? What do you like? It was uh, Jamie Salmon. Yeah, I like Salmon and Tom Cheeseman. Yeah, happy with that. Unless Ooh. we have Duckham in there. Well, Duckham's. A, David w- Duckham. I think Duckham was primarily a winger. So let's do okay. Win. Decide on our winger. We'll, we'll put a fifteen up, and you can uh, you can say what you think about it. Has anyone got a coach? No. Ooh. Oh wow, ooh, ooh. coach. Well, there is cockerel. Oh, cockerel. Yeah. I can't think of Go one. Go on, Phil. Declan Kidney. Oh <laughs> yes. Damn. Yes. So obvious. Inspired. That's brilliant. Well oh, done. Plumtree. That's the one I was thinking of. Plumtree. Who's he? Um, is it John Plumtree? Coach of the, South the, the Natal Sharks. Oh, yes. Yeah. Coach of the Natal Sharks. Kind of a big deal. Very good one. I like that. I still like Declan Kidney. I like Declan Kidney <laughs> Cool, that's our 15. As ever, contribute your own thoughts and let us know what you reckon. That is it for episode 10 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Do subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and then the next one will get delivered straight to you. And what is coming next is on Friday, our short little podcast, Thank Rockets Friday, previewing the weekend's action. And it's a return to Premiership Rugby in addition to more internationals as well. So plenty to talk about on Friday. See you next time. Uh, right, a bit a bit of uh, rugby okey to play us out then. You picked last time, JB. Phil, who, what do you want to... To have singing us out. Can I just choose Cobb Sierra? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, term is right, I don't deny it. Test me, try it, style you don't buy it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick of tenants, you can't buy this. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.